Welcome to Luther's Brew Brothers with Pastor Pat and Layman Dave, and we are back for our Lent podcast. Hey, Mid Lent, Mid Lent, kind of. Well, Mid Lent. Yeah, I, I guess. guess we're Mid Yeah, we'll give it a name. <laughs> so, yeah. So like how all you doing, those Sundays brother? leading up. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm I'm feeling I'm I, I'm I'm feeling Lent. I feel the the need <laughs> to feeling repent. Feeling Lenty. I feel the need to repent. Yeah. Um, yeah that I did not give up beer for Lent. Oh, you didn't give up anything. Okay. Uh, All right. So, so you give up on giving up. Right. So, and, and, and to that end, because it is Lent, I'm drinking, <laughs> I'm drinking an IPA, of course, you know. Okay. I right. like IPAs, but I'm drinking Pocahoptus. <laughs> that sounds very uh, Native American. <laughs> yeah. Well, Stafford, uh, Stafford, where I live, is the place that Pocahontas and her tribe resided. Oh, so that's not a, a little happy coincidence. They're playing no. off her name. Okay. Right. Yeah. So cool. po- Pocahontas. Pocahontas. I got it. Okay. Well, I went another route. I'm, you know, not a pagan, but I went more with the uh, the solar calendar. This spring equinox, you know, was uh, was Sunday, first day of spring. So I'm thinking more. I know we're in the midst of of Lent and deprivation and hair shirts and (laughs) fasting and all that stuff. But I went spring, and uh, it's a peach lambic beer out of Belgium. I usually don't like fruit infused uh, beers, but I thought, you know what, I'm just going to give it, this is Lindemann's and it's actually quite good. It's very refreshing. I'm enjoying it. And I, I feel a little bit guilty though, because it's, it's not, you know, the exuberance of, of spring yet and Easter Christ is risen. We're in the middle of, of Lent. Yeah. I something sour, right? Isn't right. That- I'm drinking something bitter, man. This is Lent. Buddy. You're better than I, <laughs> you're, you're a better Lutheran. Than I'm I always am. drinking Culpa, bitter. So it's Culpa. Just- I'm always drinking bitter, so it was just a little jab there. <laughs> hey, I got I got a little fun fact for you though. So we're talking about spring equinox. Um, that's how we, by the way, you know, picture uh, uh, have the day of of Easter. It's the first Sunday after the first full moon after the first after the spring equinox. So okay. if last night, you know, this is this is Tuesday. If if Monday night had been a, a full moon. A first full moon after the spring equinox this coming sunday would be easter oh so that's okay. how the date of easter is set and of course this ties in with the lunar calendar and, and the jewish observance of passover and all of that but okay yeah so there's going to be another it was a full moon friday night there will be another full moon before easter and the, the first sunday after that will be easter so the spring so even though we don't follow a pagan calendar as such there is you know, the idea well, of uh, the spring equinox yeah. bears in. If it ties in, though, with with Passover, which the Jews would would uh, regard on the proper time schedule. Right. 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 So we're, we're in the ballpark anyway. Well, the, the two events overlap, obviously, yeah. because Jesus institutes Holy Communion. Right. On, you know, on, on uh, the observance of the Passover, we, we call our Maundy Thursday. Right. Uh, it ties in again with the sacrificial lamb of God. He is that lamb. And then the three days later, uh, rising on Easter Sunday. So, you know, they, they, they kind of overlap okay. in that sense very necessarily. But just as an aside, should our mm. listeners find themselves on Jeopardy? Yes. So what are you doing new this year for Lent? I know you used well, to like to give up stuff. 
I did. And my, my, uh, my middle daughter, Annalise really got into it for, for years. She had always, and it was invariably something, you know, she's got dad's sweet tooth. So something chocolatey or ice cream or candy, the idea of sacrifice. And that's a good thing. Now we Lutherans, we don't, of course, uh, mandate these kinds of things, maybe as some churches do, or not eating meat on Friday and such, but, but what I'm doing again, uh, and I haven't done this very rigorously in the past, is fasting. Mm. I've been incorporating periods of fast into my Lenten observation, partly, uh, well, for uh, uh, several reasons, but, you know, partly it ties in with the whole, where, where, where again, why do we get these, these uh, 40 days? Mm-hmm. Well, the 40 days corresponding to Jesus in the wilderness, he's driven out after his baptism. And bar none, the principal activity of that 40 day period is his fasting. It's after okay. that fasting that he's then tempted by the devil. The three temptations that are recorded. Uh, the first is right away. Hits him where he's weak. You know, you're hungry. Hey, if you are the son of God, you know, turn these stones into bread. And if Jesus, of course, counters with the word, man uh, shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. So fasting, fasting has, a, you know, a good, track record when you look at the life of Jesus, as well as his teaching, often combining it with with prayer. Uh, He takes it up certainly on the Sermon on the Mount, which is traditionally the Ash Wednesday text. Hey, if you fast, don't go around with a long face drawing attention to yourself saying, you know, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. Uh, But, you know, wash your face and uh, your father who sees in secret will reward it ties it in, of course, with prayer. And it's supposed things. to be a private. Uh, it should be observance, right? Which is weird. Then you know, like, well, why are we talking about fasting? It's supposed to be. <laughs> don't tell anybody. <laughs> so I'm kind of I realize the the uh, the potential hypocrisy here, but you know, it's it's a good topic. I, we're always looking for things to talk about. I don't think we've t- uh, taken it up uh, certainly in our time together. No, I don't think so. But I've sir, I I have I have taught on it almost every year. I refer to it during Lent, usually the Wednesday night, uh, maybe the first Sunday, Jesus in the wilderness, you allude to it. But it always seems to be one of these background things that, well, yeah, it's in the Bible, but, you know, we, we, we really don't do it. Um, you know, Jesus, uh, you know, his emphasis, you know, was different than ours. He had the law to fulfill. Maybe that's why he did it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the apostles certainly don't seem to, uh, you know, promote it. Right. Um, uh, for example, you know, uh, Jesus being asked, uh, why don't your disciples, why don't, why don't they, uh, why don't they fast? Right. Criticized. And, right. He's criticized. And he said, well, you know, they'll, he basically ties it into mourning that when right. there'll be time for them to fast when he's gone. Right. Well, he's the, he's the bridegroom. This yeah. is the time for celebration. You know, not the time for uh, deprivation and, and denial and all of this stuff. But, but you know, even though something is not necessarily um, mandated or prescribed uh, in the Bible, you know, some of these things are still, nevertheless, I think, healthy Christian pursuits, like the word meditation, let's say. Mm-hmm. Meditation has all these kinds of false connotations for most Christians today. Or if you'd heard the word meditation. You think Eastern. You inst- you think Eastern religion, you know, squatting down in the lotus position, chanting Om, 
Well, meditation really it's it's about study, dwelling with the word of God. Right. And and so we've gotten away from some of these things. In fact, Luther talked about that as making a great theologian is, you know, prayer, meditation, and affliction. So uh fasting, I've what's that meditation come to appreciate again. Excuse me. Meditatio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so fat fastitatio, no. <laughs> <laughs> fasting. <laughs> um, I have come to appreciate again this year. And uh, I, I got to tell you, it, it, it has its place. Um, I know it's about self-denial and sacrifice, which again leads us to Christ and his final and ultimate sacrifice, but it has a way on a practical sense of just clarifying the mind. Yeah. It's amazing how much time that we in this country so blessed in so many ways, an abundance of food, uh, uh, one of those great blessings, how much time is devoted to food, shopping for food, preparing food, eating the food, cleaning up afterwards. Or even if we go to a restaurant, as more and more people are, are doing these days, finding parking, standing in line, waiting for our food to come, paying our bill, driving home. Uh, and then all the time we have to spend losing weight because we've been eating too much food. Right. Uh, you watch TV count sometimes how many commercials have to do with food. Go buy a gallon of gas and you'll be hit up to buy chips or uh, some kind of a candy right. bar. It's everywhere. Well, it's interesting. I was reading in Zechariah today. I was mm. actually reading on this today. Oh, okay. Zechariah 7, 5, say to all the people, the land and the priests, when you fasted and mourned in the fifth month and the seventh for these 70 years, was it for me that you fasted? Uh -huh. And when you eat and when you drink, do you not eat for yourselves and drink for yourselves? Mm. So he's, he's, you know, he's the old Testament asking, gets it. <laughs> it does. Yeah, he's, he's asking, you know, is this, is this for you? Or is this for me? Right. Um, so, you know, you're right. When we, when we go out, we, I mean, we go out to restaurants, we, we can basically, there's a grocery store in every corner and, uh, you know, we go and we buy things and we don't even really think about it. It's just part of our culture that this is what we do. We just go shopping and the food is so abundant, mm -hmm. right? That mm -hmm. we hardly stop to give God thanks for it sometimes. And, so take it for granted. Right. Yeah. And uh, and so so I, I can see where fasting could be a, a way of just of just remembering that we are so blessed. And that, it's, you know it, what, let's, it, yeah. It, and let's take it away for a time. You know, it has that practical purpose of making us mindful of our blessings and, and, and whence they come that, you know, food is not something just to be taken for granted. We pray, you know, give us this day, our daily bread, but you know, we're really uh, uh, counting on so much more, but then we're not necessarily grateful for it. And that's yeah, always do, the breakdown. Right. Do we really think that it was, uh, you know, the God that gave us the daily bread or Albertsons? Right. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> you know. Did my paycheck provide this meal on the table? Exactly, yeah. Or so, it was, you know, all eyes look to you, O Lord, from whence our blessings come. Right. Eyes so so maybe, maybe it, uh, fasting is a way to get away from that mindset a bit. Because, you know, in our culture, especially food is, is uh, pleasurable. It's, it's mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't know how many shows I've seen where they painstakingly make a, a plate of food look like art. You know, right. it's, it's an experience and it's... You know, it's an event all of this rather than well, something that sustains that's supposed to sustain you. And that's true in the Bible, in a sense, though, too, we're, we're eating, you know, it's not just uh, the meeting place socially. I mean, uh, food has a potential of bringing people together like few other things. I mean, look at how often 
family or friends get together, invariably there'll be food. There's some kind of a meal. I don't Mm -hmm. care if it's a birthday, an anniversary, whatever it is. And I think the Bible picks up on that certainly too. And maybe even, you know, uh, kind of fosters that idea initially that we gather around food. Uh, Jesus himself, the living bread, uh, come down from heaven. He is the, the true manna. But, you know, heaven is depicted as being a great feast, you know, a wedding feast. Jesus's first miracle changing the water into wine at, mm-hmm. at a feast. So this idea that the, the, the blessings that are to come have a kind of that metaphorical look about being a gathering around food, maybe in Lent, like repentance, the fasting lends itself to the idea of not yet. You know, we don't have this food. We don't mm-hmm. have this meeting place with God. Our sin separates us from him and therefore also the abundance of the food that is our, our, our meeting place, that kind of, uh, that, that middle ground where we come together. So fat, I guess what I'm saying is fasting has layers to it. It's, it's not just about not eating. It's about remembering that our blessings come from God. It's remembering our sin that separates us from him where we don't meet together. Christ then is the means to, to restore that. But then also there's even another dimension. And I'm reading here from, uh, Isaiah, where in chapter 58 about true and false fasting, where the people say uh, in verse three, um, why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no advantage of it? Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure and oppress your workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked uh, wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice be heard on high. Is such a fast that I choose a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? There's that Lenten connection too, by Mm -hmm. the way. Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? It is not a fast that I choose. Loose the bonds of wickedness, undo the straps of the yoke. Let the oppressed go free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh. What Isaiah is saying, that there is even yet another layer in in true fasting, the observation of fasting, is that to make us mindful that, hey, we're denying ourselves this food right now, but that's to make us mindful of people who don't have food normally. Mm -hmm. We're to take notice then of the needs and the suffering of those around us. And reaching out to the poor and the needy is, again, part and parcel with not only God's command to his people, Israel, but to the Christian church as well. So all of these things enter in, in that sense of that Lenten fast. When your stomach is grumbling, um, you know, like sometimes uh, I'll be at church, right? And and because I haven't eaten anything in the morning and I'll be sitting in Bible study, for example, and my stomach will start making noises. And it's just because my stomach is telling me it's, hey, right. I, you need to eat something and uh you know and, and have how i've never i've never really made that connection i've really thought about hey this is what it must feel like for some people who can't go and get there you go this is it and this is my been my experience um this year too whereas in the past when i fasted i did it um uh, not under any obligation and certainly not as a pretext to think i was more holy than somebody else, but just solely focused on the fact that, hey, Jesus suffered uh, there in the wilderness. He fasted and was hungry. He denied himself. 
this is a way for me to understand that part of his ministry. There is that, but I got to tell you, what you just said has resonated more and more of how love, how Christ inside has been put into practice. I feel my tumble rumbling and I start to think, wow, there are a lot of people hungry and they're not going to be able to just open the refrigerator tonight or tomorrow morning or however long you choose to hold your fast because they don't have any food and they don't have access to these blessings that we take so for granted. I think all of these things are entering into that dimension because it is the fast is about self-denial, but not as a, a, a way of garnishing God's attention. See, that's what Isaiah is saying. You think, hey, hey, we're fasting over here, Lord, but you're not taking any notice of it. Uh, we're really putting uh, our best effort into this. This isn't pleasurable. You should be listening to our prayers mm-hmm. now all the more. And God's saying, this is not the fast I asked you to do. So fasting does have that, that connection to prayer, that connection to repentance, but it also makes us mindful of what God has called us to do. So, so God would, that he gives. In other words, God would, would be happier inviting a homeless person into your house for a meal. And even if you're not fasting, you sit down with them and you're providing something for somebody else. It wouldn't hurt. Can you imagine? That's what he said. I mean, I couldn't believe it when I was, uh, this was a text I preached on in one of my Wednesday uh, Lenten services recently, and I couldn't almost believe it. Uh, And bring the homeless poor into your house. How many Christians today, myself included, would be willing to just take some guy off the street and welcome him to your home? You know, let him wash up, get ready, sit down at your table break bread together. But that's that's that standard of love that I think Jesus, hmm. well, he demonstrates himself in his yeah. self-denial, where right. he puts himself aside for the for the needs of not just the poor, but the spiritually impoverished. Well, us. yeah, spiritually poor. I mean, he ate with tax collectors, collectors and sinners and sure um, did, you know, uh, had that fellowship with them would when in that culture was uh, unheard of. Amen. You know, I think it's there's, there's something at work, um, not just in, again, the, the physical act of it, but when we try to understand these things, when we try to understand the, the paschal mystery of Jesus's suffering and uh, how deeply he wishes to have a relationship with us such that he's willing to set himself aside, his own comforts, and indeed his own life uh, in order to achieve this, you know, this, this feeling of of hunger that we have. And you can liken that even to repentance itself, that, that missing part. Uh, uh, repentance is the acknowledgement of what's missing that only God can fill. It's a kind of a hunger uh, in and of itself. We don't want something unless we feel that we need it. And I think repentance and fasting work together in that sense that we know in our, in our repentance, uh, in our hunger, we know that we need God. We need Jesus, that we are not, you know, uh, like Jesus put it, uh, another bread illustration, uh, in a sense, with the stones anyway, he comes into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, and he said, you know, if the people didn't cry out in, in praise to the glory of my name, the very stones would cry out. So this idea that, you know, uh, that, that longing for Christ, that desire to be, you know, uh, in fellowship with him. I don't think we know we need that. Uh, we take that for granted too. Like we take our food for, for granted, like, you know, and, and that all goes back to, I guess, again, our, our lack of appreciation for the sacrifice of Jesus. So by 
in a sense, fasting has, I've come to appreciate, again, why we're talking about it today. Uh, I've come to appreciate it as a way, a physical manifestation of experiencing and feeling that hunger, that emptiness, that longing, that desire that only God can fill. And ultimately, that's a spiritual thing where only God can fill that in Christ. Yeah. Um, And maybe it's because what Jesus said, you know, uh, that there'll be mourning and timing time for fast when he's gone. But we, we, we know, because we're looking pat in, in, in the past that Jesus rose and you know what happy days are here again. And maybe we don't need to fast because we're not in mourning because, because of the joy we feel that because Christ rose, we're going to rise and we're, you know, we're, we're uh, connected to him through our baptism. So right. um, may, maybe that's why fasting isn't for Christians. Isn't something that maybe has is, fallen out of, uh, out of vogue, you know, or, it's not common practice, you know, cause if you look at the old Testament and you look at um, entire nations, you know, putting sackcloth uh, on and sitting in ashes and fasting uh, Nineveh, right. Uh, uh, Jonah in Nineveh, the whole nation, uh, you know, sure. and, and it was a, it was a, uh, it was a nationwide was act, fast. Yeah. It was an act yeah. of repentance to, to, so God would not bring destruction. And, and if you look at a lot of the fasting in the old Testament was, was connected to sackcloth ashes fast, uh, and fasting to, undoubtedly to, 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 um, uh, to, to show God that you were repentant as a nation. Right. So mm-hmm. you, you know, you've got these different aspects that we don't really see today. We don't, I mean, what it would be, what would it be like if the United States of America, you know, if the president of the United States called a fast, <laughs> called uh, a nationwide fast, you know, because, maybe, we, maybe he should. Because meteorites um, were falling from the sky and, you know, bombing. Oh cities, my goodness. You know, we don't have to uh, wait for the meteors. Just look at yeah. the weather reports and some of the things. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. Don't th- we, we don't think in those terms because God's wrath has been appeased well, in Christ. We don't. And, and, but, I say, even though it's not, see, this was maybe the beauty of it, of, of the fast. Um, and for that matter of observing the 40 days of Lent, I mean, you could argue almost, well, I do Lent anymore, or it's the same argument you hear with the people that say uh, a Christian should not display a crucifix, the Corpus Christi with mm-hmm. Jesus's mm-hmm. body on the cross yeah. because he's risen from the dead. So everything that proceeded and led up to that uh, is somehow uh, 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 you know, gone and we right. shouldn't, you know, invoke it. Fasting falls under that category for some. And I will agree that it's not a have to, but there's the beauty of it. I think is that it's not like we do it like, Oh gosh, we're marking down the, you know, uh, with a black ax on our calendar, the days of Lent. So we can stop giving up the things that we're giving up. We can go back to eating chocolate or drinking beer or whatever it was. It's not the point. It's the thing of it is, I think, is is we realize that fast, uh, fasting takes on a broader context of the sense of of a self denial, mm-hmm. of a emptying of ourselves, of recognizing and even embracing a hunger, mm-hmm. and that leads us then to the satisfaction of that hunger again, which only Christ can do. Well, it's Jesus remem- fulfills that. It's remembering who we are, uh, and and why Christ had to come. Uh, and 
it, it and so that we we don't want to skip past that and just hey happy can't, days are here again. Can't, we can't just and, rush to Easter. No, that that's the that's the problem. As I think people don't dwell with repentance, and I'll tell you, no repentance, no joy in Easter. Yeah. And and in our culture it doesn't help. You know, we've got what Fat Tuesday where everybody goes out and gets like you know bloated and drunk. Before, yeah, that's the, the Mardi Gras before and, it. Yeah, and, I mean, is God pleased with that? No, I mean, it was just like what we were reading earlier uh, from Zechariah and Isaiah. He he he's not happy with that type of a fast. If he you're isn't. you know if you're going out and, and you know gorging yourself and see that's drunk the beforehand. that's the exact when, opposite. Yeah, when Lent's over, you go right back to you know. Uh, there you go. See, I'm actually thinking of not just doing this because it's Lent. But incorporating periodic fast days is part of my Christian devotion, mm-hmm. of part of my discipleship, because being trained in self-denial, of emptying yourself, be it confessing my sin, being not eating, being recognizing my hunger and my impoverishment that only God can, can satisfy, that's the very essence of the gospel. The heart of the gospel is that Jesus' sacrifice is what uh, fills us with God's uh, love and grace. And so it's this sense of this willingness to give up something. And mm-hmm. the fast is obviously giving up food. Repentance, in, in a sense, is giving up ourselves, the delusion of our own self-importance, uh, the, the, the pretext that we are not that bad or not as bad as other people. And we right. give up these false uh, assertions and this flimsy foundation. Yeah. So I, go in to, a sense, I go to church every Sunday and yeah, you know, I don't have a whole lot to repent for. I'm not that bad. So I'm not as bad as them. So maybe God's punishing those right. sinners over there and I'll slide on by into heaven somehow. I think, you know, again, I don't want to get caught up in fasting as being just the, the action of not eating, although that's the practical application of it. But I'm trying to advocate as I'm coming to appreciate, there's a broader understanding of it well, in terms of recognizing our dependence upon God, appreciating it for what it is, but also recognizing that that life is within me now. Christ right. now dwells within me, and he calls me to look at my hungry neighbor and care about that. Right. All of these things bear in. And, and also the, something that, uh, you know, uh, so, something that's important to think about, too, is that Christ, if you look at the 40 days that Christ went without food, what did he have? He had the word. Mm-hmm. And man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. So fasting should fasting and, and study or meditation on the word should go hand in hand. Right. And it's satisfying. And that's where we realize sometimes by denying ourselves certain activities or pleasures, be it we take it for granted or not, is is we're we're missing the point again where this true sustenance comes from. As you said, do we think? you know, Albertsons provides our food, or I mentioned our paycheck, when we both know it's God who does these things. So by, you know, denying ourselves that, and that certainly is the spirit of Lent. That's why fasting, I think, if it's observed at all in the Christian church, or at least in Lutheran circles, maybe it's only done during Lent. But I think uh, there's a greater uh, mindset uh, that we might reconsider it again in the church as part of a uh, year-long discipleship life recognizing the value of just, if nothing else, practical time. You're not right. shopping, washing dishes, eating, cleaning up. You, you're, you have more time to devote then to the spiritual food 
of, of God's word. There's that, but it also, I think, has a potential of opening yourself up to a, a deeper understanding of the value of grace and that Paschal mis, uh, mystery in which Jesus denies himself, right. uh, life, it, life itself for our sake. Now, it, it, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a, it's, it is a Christian tradition to not eat on Sunday before you have the sacrament. Some have observed that, yeah. Again, not a bad, I, I personally don't always do that, um, only because I need a little bit of fuel for the pulpit. Well, you, yeah, you have um, to preach. <laughs> if nothing else, I'll have, yeah. you know, a little cup of yogurt or something like that. So, but yeah, no, you're right. I, I, I've, that certainly was a tradition and a practice for many Christians that they would fast uh, prior to uh, Holy Communion. And that would be then the, uh, the buildup of the spiritual food. And then it would be a set, you know, Sunday afternoon afterward. used to be yeah. a family time, chicken dinner, all that stuff. Again, we get away from a lot of these things we used to do in our so-called busy lives, but uh, busy lives is another way of saying distracted lives. So, you know, busy is not good. I think that's why God gave us the Sabbath to not be busy, uh, to set aside oh, time yeah. for more important things. Right. And there again, in a sense, the fast uh, requires that. The more important thing is not that we eat food and you know fill our bellies, but the more important thing is that we fill our spirit with the words and promises of our Lord. And so, some of these things that you know we get away from, and we say, "Well, it's not in the Bible; it's not commanded." Um, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad idea, right. and, and that we can't reincorporate those things. Do you guys do anything special for your uh, Sunday observance, um, uh, meal-wise? Meal I, I haven't been eating before. Uh, I, I don't eat breakfast in the morning on Sundays. I, 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 I've been doing that. So that's kind of a, my Sunday routine okay. is to fast before the Lord's supper. And is it unique? I mean, you usually eat breakfast. I didn't even know I was doing it until somebody told me that it was a Christian tradition. So oh, <laughs> I just thought it, I just thought it feeds the fervent. Do it with intention. I, I just thought it made, I just thought it made sense because, oh, oh. because I, I thought it made so sense. So you were conscious of it. I was but conscious you didn't, of it, but okay. I didn't, didn't know realize, that I didn't know I gotcha. that, that was something that Christians did. I got gotcha. you. Okay. I you, you were doing it as a personal observation, right? Then, just right. kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, like I said, I mean, uh, the, the longest fast I ever did was uh, in the seminary. It was my first year, and I can't even remember now uh, why I chose to do it, maybe just to see what it felt like, to be honest, as a relatively young man. And it was five days. And I know, you know, Jesus is, you know, a 40-day fast. I still don't even know how that's physically possible, well, but obviously he does it. Uh, but, yeah, uh, in fact, some commentators think that it was uh, supernatural uh, hmm. because because well, they, corresponds they, to the forty years of Israel yeah. wandering in the desert. They, they, they think that uh, you know that it was food and water, hmm. but um, it, the, the scriptures don't say that, so I don't know if you can read that much into it. I've always understood it as a complete you know, denial of food, obviously I will, from a physical oh, yeah. standpoint, yeah, it was, for, he had it was a water source. It was definitely food, but who knows? I and mean, water would be something you would have to have. You could have to have 40 days without. Water. Yeah. So no, if it was water too, that would have to be a supernatural event. Well, but, uh, but I, I tell think, you five, five days was a yeah. long time and I didn't cheat. I God is my witness five full days. I went without anything but water. And again, you first, it's funny. The first day, it's not so bad. 
it's by the like the end of the second into the third day where you just think you're, you're going to die. You just like you feel your body eating on itself. Yeah. But then a strange thing happens after that, where that the physical hunger pains seem to abate and you don't feel as hungry. Yeah. And I don't want to get all, you know, uh, esoteric here, but I didn't have like dreams and visions or something. But I tell you, there's a certain yeah. clarity of the mind that enters in when you kind of purge yourself because food is good, obviously, but probably a lot of the garbage we're eating today, who knows what kind of right. toxins we're introducing into our, our bodies and minds too. The only reason I broke it, and it was just probably according to the, cause I was going to go longer. I don't remember. It so wasn't going to be 40 days. Invited you to, to lunch? <laughs> no, it was a polka. <laughs> this is Indiana, Fort Wayne, right? Somebody invited a few of us um, to, to some polka. <laughs> dance it's like midwest right never been to a polka in my life but i'm thinking okay like i'm i got all this time sure i'll go along and yeah i was with some girls too well you should have seen dude the spread man this was like germantown usa there sausages and breads and cheeses you looked at that bratwurst and said yes (laughs) i did not last i don't even think it was even a full minute that's funny i walked in just the, the the smell knock me over i mean it's amazing how good food smells sometimes oh, we forget yeah, especially you it's not just about taste yeah. it's 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 how it looks it's how it that's how it smells i gorged and i paid the price later because I, I was like five days without eating yeah and you, i, you, I you, when you start eating so again you stuffed. have to you have to do things you have to do it slowly do. yeah uh, well but, i know that know, now <laughs> yeah i fasted i fasted for a for a long while and I have to say, I do agree for with spiritual you. religious reasons or it was medical or it wasn't, oh. but it ended up being for spiritual reasons. Um, mm. But I, it, it was a long, it was a long while and I lost a lot of weight. And I do remember after about a week, the hunger pains go away completely. And you're, just, wow, you lasted longer than I did. Your body just starts to burn its storage. Yeah, it does. And it, and you could drop wait pretty quickly i wasn't doing it for health reasons i was it was an emotional bad time in my life mm. um and i i just didn't want to eat you just I didn't feel eat. like eating i yeah. didn't feel like eating and i just stopped eating uh but uh i did pick up the scripture and i started reading and i'll tell you um i'd like to do that again someday just because i don't think i ever felt as close isn't it something i mean Christ, G- again you know. jesus uh, incorporated that i think it's not always maybe noted per se i mean he he would go to quiet places often to pray and to have that time of fellowship with his father but from what he was saying else ways about it and like driving out demons some of uh, uh the bible text will say well that one can only be driven out by prayer and fasting mm-hmm. you know you got to believe jesus thought it had some merit and some value yeah, there, there's something that when you're relying on 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 god and his word uh, only when you really pare this it is, down this is where you we really have to have to where you're relying on the spiritual and less on the temporal right does that make right. sense right no it does i think it very much does i mean we're we're not becoming some kind of weird version of gnostics here by saying oh the flesh doesn't matter it's all spirit no we have bodies our bodies need to eat they need and god to cares sleep. for them yeah cares for the body but sometimes sometimes the body can be uh a uh you know kind of 
a, a detriment to uh, spiritual growth and and enlightenment or awareness. Yeah. Christians can use that word too. You know, the uh, the creed certainly Luther talks about the spirits were called gather and enlighten his holy people. So there isn't a kind a kind of enlightenment when we disassociate ourselves from those, as you put it, temporal or material needs. And again, I think if we look at monastic life, they understand this aspect, and we tend to discount that as being, well, that's not, you know, God doesn't say we have to live in a monastery and be, you know, mandatorily celibate and all these other things. But again, let's not poo-poo it either to say that these things are bad or wrong. Uh, it's only when we, this is the, the problem of Israel. It's only when we practice them thinking that we are gaining merit in heaven by it. So I fast. Uh, I'm celibate. I'm a monk. I deprive myself. You know, I, I uh, uh, flail myself in my penitence. Uh, that means I'm really, really a, a, a sincere and yeah. penitent Christian. That's where it breaks down. But if you, to God be all the glory, my salvation is sealed in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And now I fast to the glory of his name. Now I repent to remind me that I am a sinner and he has died to take my sin away. Uh, now in his name, I'm called to love my neighbor. And by reminding myself that hunger actually hurts, maybe I'll be a little bit more in, in tune with that. I can't see as these things being harmful uh, or bad in that right context. Right. Uh, yeah. It, well, maybe it's, it's, you know, Philippians 3, 19, their destruction, their destiny is destruction. Their God is their belly. The belly. Yeah. And their glory yeah. is their shame. Maybe that's what gluttony you know, we're talking about a little bit is is um, when you know, like maybe maybe sometimes just food is a distraction. You know, it's, it it can be, and it can be well, it can be a god. And I think it's one of these subtle idols that we often don't really pick up on. Like if I ask let's say in, in confirmation class or something where we're looking at the first commandment and I'll ask the kids, um, give me an example of, of an idol today. You know, obviously we're not talking about stone statues and such things and carvings as maybe in the old Testament, but what's an idol today? And invariably they'll always say money. And it's, it's a perfect example. I would agree. Uh, money becomes a false God in which we invest a wrongful hope and turn to in our time of fear and need. But I think food's another one. I mean, there's even that expression, comfort food. You know, yeah. I love a good grilled cheese sandwich and tomato soup or fried chicken. Or for me, it's the sweet and chocolate chip cookies. Pizza. Uh, pizza. <laughs> when I'm having a bad day, I find myself snacking. I go to the fridge, you know, I'll chow down on something. And that's not where I should turn for comfort, not to food. I should turn to Jesus. God's Prayer. Right the word, open the Bible, you know, that's where our comfort lies. And so these are the things that sometimes in our fasting, and this is a part of a regular discipleship, we kind of remind ourselves. Yeah. Well, that's our society, right? Their God is their belly. And, you know, it's, I mean, how, how often do we, you know, it's, do we, do we hear the, the decadence in, in food in our society? Overindulgence. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little, I'm not a, I'm not a hardcore foodie. I mean, I love no, watching the food either. channels and, 
the British bake-off and stuff. Yeah, but. we make we make food at home, and Judy and I have been cooking together a lot. Just you know, like she'll cook something or I'll cook something, and we'll collaborate together sometimes. And it's kind of cool that just you it know, can be something at home. Yeah. Well, and you know, fasting too, by the way, doesn't necessarily mean you have to go without any food all day long or for lengths. Yeah, it's just it could fast be for, for for a meal. Right. You can say I'm not going to eat lunch. Right. Uh, even tie that in if you really want to get Lenten. Uh, you know, between 12 and uh, and three o'clock, traditionally the hours Jesus hung on the cross, you can say, I'm not going to fast. Maybe Good Friday, you say, uh, I'm not I'm not going to eat between the hours of, of 12 and, and, and three. Observe that time. Yeah. yeah. And use that as a time to sit down with a gospel. Let's say right. if you not in the middle of work or something, it's uh, I believe um, I forgot the date. It's uh, 15th. Yeah, April 15th tax day. So yeah. <laughs> don't think about your taxes. <laughs> Think about well, Jesus. And if you're, you know. at work, if you're at work and, and you're fasting, you know, sit down with the scripture instead right. of for the half an hour. If you're Because you'll have time if, you, if you're not worried about yeah. microwaving and chowing down that that meal you brought from home or that you're ordering from Grubhub or or wherever. And just take that half an hour and spend time with your Bible and find how rewarding that can be and how satisfying. See, that's the whole thing. When we're hungry. And, and we realize that hunger and we embrace it, it helps us to appreciate how then we are satisfied. And ultimately, we are satisfied only in God's grace. Uh, Jesus is what, he's that meal in the sense, but Jesus is that that fills us up and, and feeds us, not just our, our, our tummies, but uh, our very spirit. In, in, in the Lord's Prayer, when he teaches us to, to, to pray for this day, our daily bread, mm-hmm. um, that's important too in all of this isn't it is that is that um, not for tomorrow's bread or it, it next becomes, year's it, bread just give me what i need today i mean even even aside you know fasting aside is that it's uh it's kind of in the same ballpark that we we rely we're dependent on god every that's day that's the point we, that that's the point of it i i think so i mean i guess we shouldn't have to fast to remind ourselves of that but I think that's where maybe those physical disciplines can lend themselves to that understanding and clarity. But right, I mean, in a sense, Lent is year-round because Lent is that sense of our longing, our 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 wanting, our emptiness, our hunger uh, without without Christ by virtue of our sin. Hence, the repentance, recognizing that, and making no excuses for it, and then looking to God. Uh, not only we look to the hills from where our our meal comes as the Lord provides it, but we also look to the Mount Calvary right. uh, where our salvation comes from our savior. So, so we need to live our lives in terms of daily repentance. So every day there's, there's an aspect of Lent. I think so. Is, is that we, we realize who we are, who God is and that we don't measure up, but Christ did in our behalf. Right. That he, he took, he, he took our sin and gave right. us his perfect righteousness. And, um, and sometimes in order to, to, to feel that joy, we have to feel the, the pain that, that we caused in terms mm-hmm. of uh, our sin and, and uh, live out that repentance. We uh, do. And, and the feeling, the physical aspect of it uh, enters in with not eating that hunger, that self-denial. But it, it again, it is, it's, more than just the act of not eating, because we can not eat for wrong reasons too. depression, let's say, uh, uh, or 
we're you know just Selfish just reasons. trying yeah, trying like, to lose the I'm weight trying to lose weight um, right you know so that's the no that, that doesn't lead us to a deeper understanding of christ's sacrifice and his his uh uh fast in the wilderness for our salvation and his overcoming temptation and sin there uh also uh as the devil brings it so it is it is a a discipline and i think there's i think there's an important relationship between the spiritual and the physical in this sense that you know why, why do we take sacraments you know can't we hear the Bible and Jesus preaches that, you know, through the Bible that he loves us and he forgives our sins. Why baptism? Why Holy Communion? Uh, we could say, well, God is being uh, generous. And I've often explained it that way. But I think there's honestly more to it. I think there is that physical dynamic in the visible sign, the water, the bread and mm -hmm. the wine, that because we're physical beings, mm -hmm. sometimes we need to appeal to the, the body. Uh, not the flesh in the sense of the sinful flesh, but the, mm -hmm. the physical body, we have to invoke the physical body in and with that experience of, of the mind and the spirit uh, to take Holy communion, for instance, the body and, and well, blood we, of Christ, we the take bread Christ and wine. inside of us orally. I mean, we're swallowing yeah. him. I mean, it's like you're there, you're participating. It's not just some cognitive, uh, you know, uh, a nodding to certain uh, truths, but you're, you're, you're in that moment. And I think, I think sometimes we need to remember that as part of our heritage as Lutheran Christians is we understand that physicality of the gospel. I mean, it's the, the word became flesh incarnational theology is embedded here. God became man in order uh, to save us mm -hmm. from our sins, his death on the cross and his bodily resurrection. Jesus didn't rise just as a ghost but in his body, and we will receive a glorified flesh in the kingdom of heaven mm -hmm. in the resurrection right. from the dead. So I think, you know, sometimes in the church, we want to de-emphasize the body because it's often guilty of doing the bad sins, the things that we do in the flesh. But I think the other side of that is to deny our very humanity, our very essence is being a person, body and soul. Yeah. And I think this well, is where things we like the, the physical things that we do can lend themselves yeah. to a spiritual understanding. And we, and we don't want to deny our body, but Jesus, Jesus came in a human frame. He came as a human being. So our bodies are important. Mm -hmm. They're not, they're not to be cast away or, or thought lowly. I mean, maybe there's even some, you know, calisthenics involved. I mean, why are we standing sometimes sitting sometimes some churches have kneeling boards is it just about keeping us awake? Yeah. Uh, no, I think there's something about those postures. And well, we could be Greek Orthodox and stand for three hours. <laughs> that would be tough. That would be tough. So I, I try to. I, I try to. I'm glad I'm raise... Lutheran. I, I'm glad I'm Lutheran. We got our beers, you know. <laughs> well, I try to raise my hand sometimes at the altar in prayers, and I realize, boy, if I go, <laughs> there's a lot of prayers. Yeah. It's like uh, Moses. Lifting up the hands and the Israelites well, are conquering their enemies. You know, so Aaron um, has to go up and hold up his hands for some, him because he's, he's getting will, tired. Yeah, some pastors will hold up the, the chalice through yeah. and, and keep it holding up so everyone can look at it while okay. they're singing. All right. Right. The Agnes I'm Day. A, I'm a God, you take away God. The, yeah, Agnes, Agnes Day. Day. So yeah. they'll hold up the, the chalice through that whole through the through the whole uh, whole thing. Whole thing. That's not and, too and long. I've had, and I've had pastors say it gets heavy after a while. Yeah. Well, it can. Yeah. And then what do you do with the wine unused portion afterwards? You know, uh, everybody's got different ways of, of 
Yeah, we uh, storing yeah, our, or disposing yeah. of the unused. I remember, and when I'm when I'm assisting either pastor or I will just drink it. <laughs> yeah. I, that's what we did in Chicago, yeah. and I think we've said this in past uh, podcasts. Some of my my Sunday Bible studies got very colorful, depending on how many people were in church and <laughs> I how want much to party with you, man. There were. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus loves you, man. <laughs> Come here, give me a hug. You son of a gun. So yeah, I mean, I. I've, I think, I think we're offering something valuable in the sense of recognizing that physical aspect of Christian life. We always focus in on the sin part in the flesh, but there's a spiritual part. There's an edifying part. And sometimes to appreciate the gift that life is in our physical self, we have to give something up. We have to deny ourselves a little bit. And hopefully that'll lead us to the denial of Christ on the cross but it also, you know, makes us mindful of some other things too. People around us, the blessings of God. Well, let's. So let, you didn't give anything up, you said, right? Uh, no, it, and it, and I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I, I'm always, and this is not a cop out. It really isn't. But I'm always worried about having anything that I would do physically become a work. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's to be, be your right to be on guard on that, you know. And by the way, we should get this in for any disclaimers. If you are going to take our advice and try fasting, talk to your doctor first <laughs> before <laughs> you do anything. We don't want to be open yeah. to litigation here. So, well, but anyway, having said that, I would invite people to try. Well, maybe I'll leave you with that thought. Yeah, and it could be, I'll, like you I'll said, invite it doesn't people have to, to be for 40 days. It could be no. for, it could be for well, a meal. It could Good luck be for with that. a day, right? And a day is not going to kill anybody. I don't care what medical problems you have. A day is well, not going to is not going to cause just, you just, any stress. Just try it. Yeah. Just try it. I said I've I've done it before. This year, for for whatever reason, I seem to be practicing it with more uh, uh, conscious effort and you know deliberate planning, setting aside Wednesdays and Fridays, uh, kind of tying in with with Lent well, and Holy Week. You know what? I just thought about something. Let me take that back. If you have diabetes, okay, because <laughs> maybe you can't go in. We cannot go a day without eating. So I apologize. I was passed that. out on the floor while for I all those Pastor for all those who Pat have diabetes. Yeah. For those yeah, who have really. diabetes, don't that's sue us, anybody. This is yeah. all voluntary. We're not all mandating right. it. Okay, so I think I've <laughs> had too much Pocahontas. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, let's go I, have a cheeseburger and call it a day. One last thing. And I'd like to get your comments on this. I'm going to read yeah. Martin Luther here ah. on two types of fasting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to read this. It's a, He's always a, good. It's a, a three paragraphs. So it'll be a little bit. This gospel is read today at the beginning of Lent in order to picture before Christians, the example of Christ that they may rightly observe Lent, which has become mere mockery. First, because no one can follow this example and fast 40 days and nights as Christ did without eating any food. Christ rather followed the example of Moses, who fasted also 40 days and 40 nights when he received the law of God on Mount Sinai. Thus, Christ also wished to fast when he was about to bring to us and give expression to the new law. In the second place, let has become mere mockery because our fasting is a perversion and an institution of man. For although Christ did fast 40 days, yet there is no word that, uh, of his that he requires us to do the same and to fast as he did. Indeed, 
he may do many other things which he wishes us not to do, but whatever he calls us to do or leave undone, we should see to it that we have his word to support our actions. But the worst of all is that we have adopted and practiced fasting as a good work, not to bring our flesh into subjection, but as a meritorious work before God to atone for our sins and obtain grace. And it is this that has made our fasting a stench and so blasphemous and shameful so that no drinking and eating, no gluttony and drunkenness could have been as bad and foul. It would have been better that people had drunk day and night than to fast thus. Moreover, even if all had gone well and right so that their fasting had been applied to the mortification of the flesh, but since it was not voluntary and it was not left to each to do according to their own free will, but was compulsory by virtue of human commandment, and they did it unwillingly, it was all lost and to mm -hmm. no purpose. I will not mention the many other evils and the consequences as the pregnant mothers and their offspring, the sick and the weak, and thereby ruined so that it might be called fasting of Satan instead of fasting into holiness. Therefore, we will carefully consider how this gospel teaches us by the example of Christ what true fasting is. Hmm. That was, uh, wow, that was a, a sermon from a sermon that he gave in Lent. Okay. I, I wouldn't surprise me that that would be a, a, a topic uh, for that time of year. Yeah, he's offered some, I think, some very uh, good points there. I think we covered some of the same that, you know, there's good fasting and bad fasting. I mean, if right. you're doing it as a work, uh, as a merit, uh, you're missing the point. If you're doing it to be drawn into that mystery of God's grace and his sacrifice for our sins, that's a way we can come to appreciate it in a deeper way. By uh, invoking the flesh, our bodies, as part of the spiritual awakening, too, and realization of God's love. Right. Good. I like that. And, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's nice to, I mean, he. I had he, to put he, my he, cheeseburger he, down, though, while you were reading it. He, so. <laughs> he pulled no punches there, yeah. you know, no. that, uh, you know, that it's basically worthless if it's done in certain ways. That was, um, that was one of Luther's things. And rightly so. I mean, yeah, it was all this work righteousness synergism that we gained or, or it favor. was done and, and, because the church told you to do it. it well, and Jesus, Jesus deals with the same thing in his sermon on the Mount and the Pharisees and their self-righteousness and observing traditions. Isaiah dealt with the same thing. You know, you're going through the motions of the fast, but you're thinking you're garnishing God's favor by doing it. Uh, and you're ignorant of those who are hungry year round. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. Or, I, or I if, yeah, or if you're trying to match Christ, I'm going to do it for 40 days just because right. Jesus did it. That's yeah. That's what wrong, would Jesus do? Like attitude. it's a template. It is. Jesus, it Jesus is. is not us. He, he's you know, th right. this is this is the perfect man. We're not. But ha but having said all of this, I think you can come at it with the proper mind and heart, and looking at it humbly as part of, if not you know, a year long, uh, a yearly kind of discipline at various days, at least a, a seasonal one Lent. I think it really, I probably, you know, wouldn't have thought of it myself until Lent. And, and I started thinking about, you know, uh, Ash Wednesday and, and Jesus in the 40 day, 40 days in the wilderness. And then I looked at the uh, text for Ash Wednesday and 
what he said about fasting uh, and not drawing attention to yourself. And then you start doing other study and reading it. And start to, you know what? This is, this is really a lot in the Bible. Admittedly, more Old Testament than New, but it, it's there in both. And I thought, you know, this is, this is worth revisiting. So I, I hope it's been an interesting topic for, uh, for people to consider is one of those things that we don't do normally. And maybe that makes it all the more uh, enriching is that we don't gloss over it. We don't just, well, we've done this so many times before we stop listening, like saying the Lord's prayer, who, who even thinks about it while they're saying it, because right. we know it so well, maybe by doing something that's a little bit different, we can maybe jog our, our uh, minds and spirits. So, in a so what's healthy the broad, way. So what's the broad overview pastor? We got to, we got to keep it private. Yeah. It, it, like, don't, if you're doing it for Lent, keep it private. Don't announce it. Don't, uh, you know, emaciate yourself or, you know, look forlorn like you're so hungry. Uh, you know, wash your face and go about with a, a little bit of a spring in your step. And don't uh, look down on others if they don't. Right. Don't judge. Right. Don't use that as a pretext that you are somehow a better Christian or a more sincere uh, a repenter because you have added fasting as part of your devotion uh, this year round or. And, and Christ has freed us from the law. So this, there's no command for us to fast. We don't add anything to our salvation that Christ has not already fully secured. Absolutely. So I those think, are, yeah, those, those are, are good, good things to keep in mind. Those are good parameters. And, but, but you will be blessed if you take, if you take it up. Take it you, up in if, some way, shape, or form. God will, like many God things. will, and as long as you're not using it for the wrong motives, as long as you're using it to, and supplement it with the Word of God, you know, important prayer and and meditation. Yeah, it's not just not eating, but it's using that time to draw near to God through prayer, and uh, and through the study of His Word. Absolutely. Well, I think we, I, I think we've done it. I think we've kind of given a broad overview there of uh, fasting and. Um, a good Lenten topic. I think, I think ho- hopefully people will take what we've said and, and, you know, and chew on it, chew on it. <laughs> get it, get it. Yeah. <laughs> chew on I, I it get, a little while. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, you know, you and I are both old enough. We're totally into dad jokes. So yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, brother, it's been great hey, always, uh, talking always. again and uh, I'm sure we'll be back next month with uh, a new topic and, Oh yeah. I enjoy uh, our time together. We'll, always together. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll figure out something that we haven't done before. We haven't talked. We about might be post Easter uh, because Holy yeah. week coming up and all that. So we might, right. we yeah, might definitely have to be post Easter and there'll be no fasting. We'll be yeah. celebrating. We'll be, uh, I guess we'll be in the growth of the, the, the growth of the church, right? Well, that's coming up. Yeah. It's, it's Pentecost and then the green season afterwards. Well, we might do Pentecost. We might be able to get Pentecost in there. Right. Uh, hopefully something before then between Easter and Pentecost. Let me see. Easter is oh, sure, uh, yeah. April 17th. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Easter. Pentecost is I think the first Sunday in June. We got to talk about Jesus rising from the dead. That's the whole thing. Oh, that's without the that, heart and soul that, of Without it. that, all of our podcasts are nothing. And all the repenting. What for? I mean, we want to be <laughs> forgiven of our sin, not just wallow in it. Amen. And that's what great God has given us. Hey, good well, talking to you, brother. It's good talking to you. And, and, and out there in the podcast land, till we meet again. God be with you.